Beh. What? Beh. What are you doing? This doesn't feel like it's record. I can't tell if this is. No, we're not doing the Beth thing anymore. Start new. Beh. No, we're not doing that anymore. Beh. Stop. What if beh. this was this whole podcast was just an hour and a half of you going beh, and then me getting more and more beh. angry that you were doing that? Beh. Stop. <laughs> that reminds me. Oh, it reminds me of the spirited away guy. Eh. Eh. No, Mister, I don't want your money. Eh. 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 I don't know how this will play in America, sir. You seem to be based on some sort of cultural thing that may not cross over. Eh. <laughs> Carly. Yep. Pillows on the windows. Woo. We're back. We back. We're all in this together. Carly. All in this together. That song kind of plays in my head more than <laughs> most songs do. Bop to the top plays in my head more than most songs do. That's fair. But Let's do it all together here. Because we're going to bop, 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 bop to the top. This is a movie podcast. We're going to talk about High School Musical 3. Yeah. This is probably the weakest of the High School Musical movies. I'll take my check, please. So I, I'm glad to have you here because... I can't. T- I couldn't tell how much of it was just my. I haven't seen this one a million times, so it doesn't have. <laughs> so it doesn't have the same nostalgia effect, or if it was just less fun. It's less fun. It's just not as good okay. a movie. Yeah. Because it's the first movie again. But the first movie is charming and kind of chintzy, and it's like, oh, these characters are getting to know each other. <sighs> they haven't settled into their roles yet, but in this one, they're just in their roles, you know. Yeah, I think it is like it looks better than the other ones. Yes, it has a budget. Yeah. Which Did is you funny. see how much money this movie made? Let me guess. Uh huh. Okay, so I'll I'll give you the budget. Budget was eleven million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know much about budgets, but that in movie making is like no money, right? Right, but it's definitely more than the predecessors. Right. Okay, I'm gonna say this made. $450 million. That would be an insane amount of money, though. This is not a nightmare situation, these questions where you go too extreme and it makes the already extreme thing sound like nothing. $8 billion at the box office, and that's not including China. Carly, how much money did it make? It made $252 million, which bad. is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's the, I think it stands today as the movie musical with the biggest opening weekend huh which is crazy i'm sure they did all kinds of crazy like disney stuff around the launch of it where it's like miley cyrus signing your backpack (laughs) the theater it is weird though because like i remember expressing in our discussion of the first one that like i i was worried that i was aged out at that point it turns out i wasn't but like i was so aged out by this point yeah that I could Two not years see later. this movie in theaters. I'm not a child. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, who was the demo? Was it just, like, kids who saw the whole thing much earlier? I don't know. The de- yeah, the demo was people who can't follow a movie plot, so they don't even try. <laughs> God bless. I, I appreciate these movies. I enjoy watching them. But the fact that they all have the exact same plot and that plot never makes any sense or is based on any kind of character growth or development is just insane to me. Yeah. It's always a talent show. Why is it always a talent show? It's like these people live in these, like, 
It's a talent show or a musical. They're not the same. It's the same thing. Whatever. No. No, because Sharpay treats it like a talent show because she always has to be number one. Yeah. It's like this perpetual cycle of loss for these characters where they're always like <laughs> trying to win. It's always a competition, but in the end, it's not a competition because they all win because we're all in this together, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like people listing off 17 different colleges they're all going to. And I'm like, I need a spreadsheet for this. I, I can't figure this one out. It's like primer for colleges at the end of this movie. And it's like, I wasn't, I was not in this I together. I when they gave out the two scholarships. It was really nice. <laughs> anyway, High School Musical 3 is probably the best movie ever made. What's your favorite and least favorite parts about it? Favorite parts. Don't have to watch any more of these movies. I like, How dare you? Well, hold on, Beth. Hold on, Beth. Um, Beth. Gosh. I like that there's the part where he's in the high school. And then the hallway starts turning. Inception style. Uh-huh. I like when they're in the junkyard and they roll up on this yes. junkyard dude. And he's yes. like, dude, Troy and friend, you guys are bros for life. Yes. Peace out. This junkyard is yours tonight. Do what you want. And what they want to do is turn into children and sing a song about yep. fighting or something. And literally turn into children. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a junkyard. Least what is it? It's just like, we are boys. <laughs> we are boys and we like to pretend we are robots. Be borp. So that's There's pretty cool. There's cool... Corbin Blute is a cool stunt, like, running onto the tire at some point. Yes, he does. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Lee's favorite part is that this movie has... It is pulling for this emotional weight that might come from, say, a TV show that's been on for, like, 12 years, where it's like, see, guys, we're all going our separate ways. Man, there's a lot of weight to this and such. And then it turns out that that's not what the movie's about at all, because it's the same plot where there's a talent show or a musical and they all are striving to be number one. Um, And then at one point, Troy is handed a Juilliard catalog and he says Juilliard I don't know what that is and then that doesn't yeah. seem to go anywhere like maybe that was a route for him to take in life and like maybe a competent director could have wrung some sort of drama out of that and like his relationship with his father or his mother who has yeah. been non-existent in these movies the entire time instead what happens is everybody's happy at the end and they sing a song yeah there's the one line that I saw pointing out on Letterboxd a couple times where at the end, like theoretically, he's choosing between going to like Albuquerque University and going to Juilliard. And he goes, I'm going to Berkeley because they have both, <laughs> meaning both music and sports, I guess. And also, like, Smart he thing. got into Berkeley. And, okay. Yeah, everybody, it seems like everybody's playing this game where they like applied to 17 schools and then they don't reveal that information till the end. And it's like, well, they're all getting into the best schools ever. <laughs> yeah, well, it's this weird gambit, yeah, where everybody's just yeah. like, actually, I did get into the best school in the world. <laughs> oh, Troy, it's not the same best school in the world that I'm going to, but we can make yeah. it work. Right. And then it's really weird at the end when they're in like Hogwarts, they're in like the train station and they're all kind of like fat and dumpy looking. And then his kid's name is like <laughs> Troy Basketball Wildcat Baker the Third, you know? I don't, what is, are you talking about something real? I felt it was unnecessary, but 
I'm not a movie director. Carly, are you going to watch the television show, High School Musical, the show? No, that's okay. Okay. What was your favorite and least favorite part of High School Musical 3? My favorite was also the junkyard, but I also will say I liked it when the... um, uh, I liked the assistant stuff, Sharpay's assistant. Oh, whatever. That That is such a waste of time. Yeah, it's plot. a waste of time, but it's hilarious. And it's just like a good trope to see like, oh, I'm another blonde, but I'm British and yep. I'm going to usurp you in your play. Usurp yeah. <laughs> you. I was so confident in that moment that that lady was putting on a fake British accent, but we looked it up and she is from. Oh, seriously? England. Yeah. I would say the other downer moment is when they try to make it for the second time seem like Ryan is not gay and is going to like be with one of the ladies in the movie, mm-hmm. which is just like such a weird marketing do or like not marketing, but, you know, corporate BS sort of thing. Um, Bob Iger. Freaking yeah. Jerk. And then third or second downer was I realized I did not watch the extended edition that I purchased <sighs> at a video store. I watched it on Disney plus i'm so sorry yeah there were six minutes of extra footage i could have seen third downer is noticing that this movie was more than 90 minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you could feel it you absolutely could uh the sharpay boy sharpay song near the beginning where they're like we want to be stars that's an awesome user that is awesome yeah the production was like wow they actually had a budget and they're using it and then the rest of the movie they had a budget and they burned it or something. I don't know. Yeah. I also, I watched this on day one of Kobe and it feels <laughs> like I had like had like five drinks or something. Like I don't remember yeah. any of this unless yeah. you're naming it. It's all coming back to me in flashes. Okay. Uh, she gets angry at him for some reason. Oh, they're in the treehouse and it's like shifting. It's oh, rotating. I like that too. It opens up. Yeah. Yeah. There's some cool, I think like the, mm. they really tried to make this feel like a movie in some ways, which is fun, but yeah. it doesn't make up for the lack of everything else. It still feels more like a Disney Channel movie than an actual movie, though. Do they just put some like digital film grain on this or something? It kind of really feels like they did. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I like it's funny. Green. I'm an yeah. idiot. It I'm is funny like, that ah. Disney is like, well, this has to look different somehow. <laughs> so yeah. just... We're shooting on the same cameras with the same people, and yeah. we still don't have a lighting guy, but we got a film grain guy. Yeah. It's a PNG of film grain I downloaded from Google, and I just put it over the video. Yeah. We're making it work. Carla, can I throw a series at you? Sure. Unless you had one ready to go. No, I do not have one ready to go. This one. I would like to watch the Twilight movies with you, if at all possible. (gasps) Oh, my God. I am so happy you said that. Absolutely. (laughs) Robbie Pat Pat. Hey, Sue. Baseball. What more do you need? Rami Malek eventually. Rami Malek eventually. (laughs) The sheriff's buddy from Under the Banner of Heaven is in these movies. Oh. (laughs) So. Yeah. Um, I've only seen the first Twilight, but I enjoy it. I think it's an alright oh, movie. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yay. This is great. She has a new uh, book out from Edward's perspective. She's been teasing that for like literally 20 <laughs> oh, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. Did you ever see I one? I think like back when I was very into Twilight, she released like two chapters on her website and I read oh, them or God. something. Your RSS feed lit up and it's like Edward's tale. <laughs> yeah. 
Ooh. I would love to go back and read those books. That sounds so oh, peaceful. The movies, I'm okay. I don't. I couldn't go back to the books. I don't think that's yeah. A, that's a moment in time that we can't revisit. It sure is. But the host. Are you ready for some flightless bird? What is this like? Iron and wine song yeah. naming time. Is that is that actually what you're referencing? Yeah, it's a big oh. moment in the first movie. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, sure. That sounds great. Yay. I, I don't get why people don't like that movie. I think that's a, that's a hoot, but whatever. We'll I get think there. it's having it's having its moment. It's like, I don't know. It's like the camp thing where like everyone's like, oh, it was good. We can actually enjoy things and not have to right. be like angry about it. Cool. Exactly. Speaking of which, Anne of Green Gables. Oh, my God. What was your favorite <laughs> people moment? People angry no. at Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> so 1985. <laughs> Getting drunk on current wine. Whoa. God, this sounds so... I genuinely was bummed because I needed Aww. something to fill a time that sounded nice. Aww. And that sound... I even tried to watch it in ways you're not supposed to. And that <laughs> like upside down or what? Yep. Okay. Didn't so work tell out? me about it. Oh, we don't actually have to talk about Anna Green Gables. Well, tell me your thoughts. You read the book, right? So I read how the does book, this yes. compare? Not as good as the book. Okay. But still very good. We made breakfast for dinner and we sat down and we watched all three and a half hours of Van of Green Gables. Oh. This is a 1985 made for TV, like a mini series that functions as a movie. Um, mm-hmm. The young woman playing Anne of Green Gables <coughs> bears a striking resemblance to a young Saoirse Ronan. Oh, interesting. I thought. Um, it might just be the little woman vibes coming off of this thing. But mm. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's a really weird book to adapt into a movie, I feel like, because it's just a series of... It's very episodic. Mm. Extremely episodic. And I guess it's just weird that this movie kind of features all of those episodes, but kind of mushes them together in some ways, where it's just like... It's just interesting to think about what the creative process there was, like... Obviously, we should have these two separate episodes that happen, you know, chapters apart, but let's just put them together... Uh, it doesn't really matter because the lesson is learned in the end. I don't know. Mm. It's going to be three and a half hours anyway. And the guy from the straight stories in it, he's awesome. So, Oh, Farnsworth, we love you. I would really just feels like little women, like zero. Like the, this is how we got to the little women, you know. But I don't know that for sure. It's nice. See it on DVD now. Carly. Mm-hmm. Navalny. Navalny? Wait, what's the total span of time in Anne's life from beginning to end? In the book, I feel like it's... I pictured her a lot younger in the book. But then it ends when she's 16. Oh, okay. But it's like olden times, so like 16 means I'm I'm a professional <laughs> teacher and I'm going to university. And it's like all this stuff. Like, wow. I wasn't doing that at 16. But yeah. yeah, she's like a woman at the end of okay, God. this, so... Played by the same person, of course. Seriously? Yeah. Well, it does oh, the little woman thing where it's just like, I'm Florence Pugh oh, okay. and I'm an eight-year-old, but now I'm Florence Pugh age. Did you hear she's not Mrs. Zach Braff anymore? Oh, my gosh. Is it yeah. because of that steamy Harry Styles movie she's in? Maybe. Oh, my gosh. Well, no, but okay. there is drama around that, too. Have you heard about that? Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> she's not promoting it like at all, I guess. So people think that Me it's because, she, because she's angry at 
um, Jesus Christ, Olivia Wilde, because Olivia started dating Harry and Florence's friends with Jason Sudeikis through Braff. Let's never talk of this again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. Uh-oh. Is somebody like sawing planks of wood in the background? No, it's a motorcycle. The other night, I guess okay. this was like a few weeks ago, yeah. there was a, say at like at 1045 at night. Okay. I want to say conservatively between 100 and 150 motorcycles went down um, the road by my apartment and it was hilarious. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, it was. I can one-up you, though. Huh? Lately, at that exact same time of night, <laughs> this person has been going down our street on like a... I don't know how to describe it. It's like halfway between a Razor scooter and like a moped. <laughs> okay. It looks just Is it like, just an electric scooter? I guess, but it's like the dinkiest electric scooter. But it makes <laughs> this really distinct noise where it's like... And it moves like five miles an hour. So at like 1045 at night, you'll just hear like. <laughs> it's really weird. And I, I caught a glimpse of it the other night and no, no lights at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Just this person like on this like little motorized thing going like, like, I guess people will hear him coming. But can I ask, is it man, woman, man. old, young, man, grown man? <laughs> grown man somebody uh our neighbor across the street uh practices whip cracking in the front yard no oh actually i think i saw that when we were driving by your house at one point oh that's horrifying that is horrifying i mean do what you want to do it's a free country or whatever but i don't know it's like target practice in the front yard or something it's like it doesn't give good vibes no 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 Sometimes he's shirtless. Sometimes he's not. Oh, God. I like find a different place, but I don't know what that other place would be. Your basement or something? I don't know. I don't know. Or like a parking lot somewhere, like a bomb. Oh out God! Lot. Just standing out in the middle of nowhere, just like whoops. pizza ranch parking lot. Devo playing on the back. Yeah, pizza ranch parking lot. <laughs> oh Lord, what were we talking about? Navalny car. Navalny. This is another documentary that we watch sometimes. Yeah, we've been watching some docs. Yeah, this is about Russia. Yeah. Okay, take it away, Car. I don't know. So I had heard about this movie on a podcast or something. Um, I don't know what to say about this other than it's just like an incredible story. And I don't even know if incredible is the right word. It is a thrilling story, I guess. It's it like... Is- awesome (laughs) it's like it's just i i don't i don't even have the right words to like explain it's someone who's like going up against putin Mm -hmm. and he is early on in the movie he is poisoned um and somehow survives it uh and then goes on an investigation with his team to uncover who he was poisoned by, which they expect or they suspect the entire time is Putin's people. Um, And you're just seeing like all of that play out. But the guy is like this, just like the most charismatic person I've ever Mm -hmm. seen, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like 
awesome but like also kind of terrifying like politicians are so scary and like theoretically this is a good politician but regardless like it's just the overwhelming power of seeing someone who is that good at talking to people mm-hmm. is like I, I've just never seen anything like it, honestly. Like, someone who is this sucks you in this much. And, like, I think that's why this movie is so um, absorbing. Mm-hmm. And there's just, like, there's a couple scenes that everyone talks about in the movie that just, like, broke my brain and blew me away and were absolutely the thing in a documentary where you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing this sort of thing. And like, this is a documentary and not a fictionalized movie. And I was just like, during the big scene, it was truly like a mouth just hanging open, like heart pounding out of chest. Like uh, I looked like a cartoon character. Cause it was yep. just like, this yeah, is so, 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 so crazy. Um, so I would like, I, the moment after I finished this movie, I feel like I had sort of the reaction you were talking about with big short where like mm-hmm. heart pounding. I could not fall asleep that night because I was just like, my mind was like just going over it again and again and again and all of the crazy stuff and like thinking through all of it again and again and again. And I feel like since then I've sort of not, yeah, I've cooled on it basically is what I would say. Yeah. You're talking about the phone call, I assume. Yes. The phone call. The phone call is crazy. The phone call is so crazy. And just like the, obviously the events that play out, but also the fact that like our, like the audience, what's the right word for it? Audience surrogate is there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is like reacting in real time. The way that we're reacting is like perfect yeah. filmmaking and makes it so much more exciting. I think. Yeah. We do. Yeah. I don't know if we need to get into like all the details of it, but there's a scene with yeah. a phone call. Yeah. That is the strangest. <sighs> It couldn't have happened, but they they shot it and it happened. Yeah. Craziness. Uh, I kind of started off kind of cool on this movie, I guess. Uh, the stuff you're talking about is really interesting. <coughs> like he's this cult of personality um, and the way the whole movie is kind of framed as like this social media. Like he's, he's got basically like a publicist there the whole time. Like the whole thing kind of exists as like the other half of a social media campaign or something. Uh-huh. You're seeing a social media campaign happen during the course of this movie. But the one, the one thing I would say there is like every politician has a publicist and a social media campaign. Sure. This is the first one that I've seen that actually, actually seems successful. Like it, yeah. it doesn't feel like Hillary Clinton's social media campaign, I guess. Sure. That would be a boring movie. Yes. <laughs> Except for when she spat the green egg into the glass of water. <laughs> or they cursed her at that rally because of the, the Pepe the Frog. That would be an interesting scene. But uh, yeah. uh, but I felt like the movie did a pretty poor job of just kind of explaining anything that was happening. Um, and there's these moments like when they bring up. Uh, it just feels like for show where the the filmmaker of this movie is like, so you kind of hung out with Nazis and he's like, well, yeah, you know, and then they kind of move on. But like, it felt like there was intention there. It felt like the movie at that moment could have splintered and become a different movie, maybe Mm -hmm. a more interesting movie. And it didn't because they have a story to tell. And it's an interesting story. 
but uh, you don't really get a good sense of who anyone is in this movie, I feel like, other than as, like, this is the... It's like behind the scenes of his social media, but all you're getting basically is his social media presence because he's in that mode most of the time, I feel like. He's a politician. Well, okay, so you want to know why the major reason I cooled on this? What's up? The publicist is one of the executive producers. Oh, good. Yeah, so that's why they don't go into that stuff more. Oh, nice. Yeah, if this, I, like, that is the distinction between, I think, this movie being, like, extremely interesting extremely enjoyable but like puzzling in some ways mm-hmm. and then there's other version that could truly be like the best thing ever and yeah could like truly break some stuff down because when they were asking those questions like his responses were compelling like uh, sure i don't think i can say i agree with him but like it, it, there's just so much to break down there especially as like an idiot american who only views things through an american angle like i would love to understand more of the thought process and like actually how that plays out and stuff. But they just stop at like a couple sentence response and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like you say, it's kind of compelling. Like where it feels like he's starting to go down a path and then it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, interesting. Tell me more, but no, I'm feeding a donkey an apple. Yeah. Good donkey though. Good donkey. I Uh, must also say like, I, the other thing is like every good coats, everyone, or not ever, <laughs> not to be mean. <clears throat> Most people in this movie are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that family of beautiful people, like the wife is also so compelling <clears throat> and just like this magnetic presence that you're like constantly trying to understand. And like the, I, I, the other thing that's like so mind blowing is like, and I'm sure it's because they were just editing together again, certain clips across a long span of time. But like the normalcy of their life amidst yeah. all of this was like so fascinating. And like the daughter is just like going to school in L.A. And like that seems crazy. Like, I don't know. There's so much going on here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they could have got, you know, uh, I think it's just because this movie has that same vibe. But I picture what's his face as. Navalny in the filmic adaptation. Uh, James Bond, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Guy. Oh, oh, um, Daniel Craig? Yes. Absolutely. Or Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. Yeah. Either one, both. Yeah. Please. Would you actually want a filmic ab- adaptation? <laughs> no, I would rather have Colin Farrell okay. save a bunch of kids in a cave. <laughs> Yeah. And maybe Ron Howard could direct it. Oh, God. That's what I'm after. That looks bad. Uh, no, I was enraptured by this film, but I, I was also left wanting at the end of it. quite a Yeah. Bit. I should also say, like, the entire last half hour where you're there's like a big question of what's going to happen to him. Yeah. Was like also extremely heart pounding. Like this yeah. as a movie, I think, functions like basically perfectly for yeah. just an experience, basically. Yeah. I think as like a narrative feature, it works yeah. beautifully as like a documentary. I was like, mm, this feels kind of chintzy. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It is super well made. Like I, I that's the other thing I would want to say is like, maybe, maybe not from like a, what questions are they asking? But I think it like looks nice. I think the yeah. editing is good. Like all of that stuff is very well done. Keeps moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it is good. I would totally rewatch it, too. Like, I would love to, like, knowing a little bit more about it. And also, I didn't know 
I didn't know that he was controversial, like to, um, the good side as well. So like uh, having done a little bit more research on that, well, I don't know how to like that to people against Putin. He's also controversial. Having done a little more research on that, I think it'd be really interesting to watch again, but you know, but then you have to have someone else make it basically. It sounds like, yeah, the call is coming from within the house on this one. Yeah. Carly, Mm -hmm. how's it going, dude? It's good. What's it like getting COVID a second time? Wait, did you have it the first time? No, I haven't had it before. Oh, how is it? It's fine. Now. For you. Yeah. Okay. For me now, it's it was never horrible. Like, I yeah. felt bad, but I felt worse. It's interesting. I feel like yeah. uh, you may have had it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's a good chance. Yeah. yeah. I feel really bad that the whole trip thing fell through, but... Yeah, it really sucks. That's a, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a bad part is that it screwed up a bunch of stuff. But life happens. Did you see the CDC person was just like, we screwed up. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Yeah, but, it was just yeah. funny. They're like, this this doesn't work. Yeah, we found out. Uh, speaking of which, this podcast is moving on to a film Carly has seen. Oh, okay. Pray. Uh, okay, we can talk about Prey. Pray. I have to open that with an admission that I was really tight time when I watched okay. this. Okay. <laughs> and I may have fell asleep during the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Wait till you hit 30, dude. <laughs> Every freaking day, dude. Yeah, I guess, like, I feel like I should like this a lot more than I did. And I, it might just have been because I was sleepy. Okay, well, Prey is a prequel to Predator. Uh, I've also never seen any of the Predator movies. Me either. Oh, really? You've seen Prometheus, which is in the same lore universe as Prey. It does also feel akin, like there's a, they're cousins. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the way that it looks and the prequel and all that. Yes, um, it's set in 1719, which is crazy. I love the concept of this movie. This yes, is one of absolutely. the best concepts any movie has ever had, which is what if Predator wasn't a bunch of dudes, like army yeah. dudes? What if it was a Native American woman? Yeah. In 1719. Yeah. So good. I can't speak to whether it's exploitative or not, but it doesn't seem it. I haven't seen, I mean... I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I guess I haven't seen anything that's like, here's what's wrong with Prey, I guess. I feel like if this movie came out 20 years ago, people would have different thoughts about it or something. I don't know. I didn't think it was extremely respectful or anything. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I really have, don't have nearly enough information to speak on this at yeah. all. But yeah. it, I just bring that up because it is so core to what this movie is. It's not just like, I don't think the appeal is here's a prequel to Predator. I think the appeal is we're setting it in this very specific time and place with right. these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like taking advantage of that in yes. a good story and a cool setting and yeah. the entire structure. Like, I, you know, it's used to build a good movie. Well, right. I thought it was the first half I thought was excellent. Mm hmm. And then these French dudes show up, yeah. beamed in from a different movie entirely. 
so befuddled by the presence of these French dudes in this movie who are basically going around twiddling their mustaches and going, Sacre bleu! And, like, shooting people. <laughs> and it's like... I was I was disappointed that that was the path of this movie took. Did you just not want them in there at all? No. Oh. Well, it's, that first half is so, like, visceral, and it's just like this woman, you know... It's so good. It's like The Witch in a way where it's like... The scary thing is just the woods. The scary yeah. thing is just like you don't know what's there. And then you turn the monster invisible in the woods. And also there's mountain lions and stuff. It's like, yeah. this is filmmaking. Yeah. But then you know, why, 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 why bring in all these stupid characters that I don't care about that are just fodder? And like you could use that to like talk about something maybe, you know? Because it's yeah, I mean, they definitely time. are like uh, making it clear that they're idiots. But that's not what this movie needs. Yeah. Halfway through this movie, I wasn't like, boy, I wish there were a bunch of idiots because I don't understand if this woman's smart or not. And so I need some point of comparison. And then they bring in <laughs> French Santa Claus, evil musket man. And he's like, like, they're so immediately not a threat. And then the whole yeah. movie from there is like them fighting the predator. And it's like, come on. Yeah, and you know, you know it's not as if they're the ultimate threat, too. Like, they're just like a B villain. They're not going to win. Right. (sighs) That is a mistake. I don't know what happened there. That's a good point. I honestly didn't consider that while I was watching it. Mm -mm -mm. And I am hung up on this just because for that first half, I thought this was like going to be my pick for canonical or something. I was like, oh, wow. This is incredible movie making. Yeah. And then in the end, it's just a fine movie that peters out, I feel like. It totally feels like that could be a note. Hmm. Like, that these characters could not have existed in the first draft. And someone was like, yeah, don't we need, like, some dumb dudes around or something? (laughs) We all have this (laughs) casting budget and we don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. This movie's only got one person and a dog in it. Maybe we could yeah. throw some more stuff in there. You know what I mean? Because it, it really is out of left field from the vision of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. And maybe there's some, like, I feel like you could have done some sort of commentary where it's like, and they, they kind of almost do with the bison yeah. because she comes across this field of bison and you think the predator did it, but it turns out it was the French people. And I think that's a really interesting kind of twist on that. But then yeah. that theme drops dead at that point and it's right. like guns or something i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know very questionable pray what you're doing in the second <laughs> half but have you ever seen 10 cloverfield lane no i would love to now though that's a good movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's john goodman of speed racer fame absolutely excellent excellent yeah excellent. that really is that's a i could watch a movie like five million times over that's you've great you've mentioned that i think but yeah i was like gonna watch it at some point it wasn't on streaming anywhere oh uh, okay and i don't have a library to go get movies from so <laughs> why did you watch pray car because uh, everyone was watching it you know okay sure yeah it was like a weekend night and we were like oh we want something fun so we watched yeah, that not too long yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, it is nice. What else have you been watching, Car? Oh, shoot. I was going to open my letterbox. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about Resurrection. Okay. That is in a very crazy vague poster. Terms. 
That poster is crazy. That movie is crazy, Tuck. Okay. I Woo! don't know anything about it. Spin me a tale. Um, I won't spin you too specific a tale. But I will... I don't think this movie is as good as Hereditary. However... You say that had, before every third movie we talk about. <laughs> I had the same feeling coming out of this as I did out of Hereditary. Like, like a bad feeling. Like, a bad and like I was... I felt like I was like lit on fire. Like I okay. was just like... Uh, like in Hereditary. Very exactly. good. Like, okay, so this is a thriller... Okay. ish okay. about rebecca hall who is <laughs> living in upstate new york or something um sign me up <laughs> but like in a city i forget which city Buffalo. Um, and she has a daughter and they're sort of living their life and then she starts to see tim roth around sign me up <laughs> And he's sort of stalking her. And oh, I saw a trailer for this. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. And we learn about their extremely, extremely messed up history. Oh, and it's ba- no. it's like a sort of stalking chase movie with like okay. 50 other really, really, really fucked up elements that I can't talk about. I'll have to, to bleep that, about. but okay, I got it. Um, and I, it was, I was just on a wild ride the entire, I, this movie rocks. Like, okay. this is absolutely one of my favorite of the year so far. I loved it so much. I was so freaked out by it. I don't want to say anything, like, more about the plot, but Rebecca Hall is just, like, she's one of the best, I think. I really do. Like, I, I, working actors and actresses right now, like, she is so good at delivering the performance of, like, person who looks and sort of acts like they have it together, but is, like, one second away from psychologically annihilating themselves and others. Like, Very good. She's just, she's killing it. I love her so much. Um, and this is, like... A, I guess probably her best performance in my opinion. Um, and Tim Roth is so freaking creepy and scary in such a, like, I don't know. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It was great. It was excellent. Rebecca Hall. Yeah. It was in. Nighthouse. Nighthouse. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Tim Roth was in Pulp Fiction. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yep, for yep, sure. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Seems yes. like a good combo. Excellent cast. The daughter character, first of all, the actress, I've never seen her before, is great. And it, it, she's like a teenage daughter that's like so much more well written and well understood than like most teenage daughters in movies. I don't know. I, like, I, I really don't have much if anything bad to say about this it's just great fans of persona will find a lot to like in <laughs> resurrection it's just so fun to like watch a i know i i've also said this about like every other movie it feels like but truly like a new thriller a scary movie that feels like out of left field and just i've never seen anything like it before and it was and it's not just like a sensational thing it's like thoughtful and interesting and cool <laughs> You know what movie pisses me off because I was so disappointed by it? Huh? 
what was the one from this year where they were they were turning women into meat and like eating the meat uh, fresh oh yes fresh god I mean, fresh, but like, I liked fresh, but fresh was like the least original. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that just did what like every other trendy horror movie has done over the last like five years. Thank you. So it was not like Resurrection, which is the opposite. No. Resurrection is the opposite. Resurrection okay. is, and Resurrection feels like a completely original vision in right. like It's not everywhere. fresh. Got it. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just really love Rebecca Hall. I think she's awesome. Well, yeah. Yeah. So the Night House wasn't very good, but <sighs> what else you been watching, Car? Aim. Where did you watch uh, Resurrection? Is that in the theater? Theater. Theater experience? Good? Good. Overall. Okay. Good overall. Got it. Yeah. Uh, not many people there. I think we saw it on like opening night and I think it's like a highly specific, um, <laughs> movie. I, I think you might be right game for that um i also watched i'm so sorry i keep saying i'm gonna open letterboxd and then i just don't do it um i also watched watcher speaking of um (laughs) watcher is with the girl from it follows she's like becoming Feel like the like indie scream queen. Is she 2022's Image and Poots? No. Okay. <laughs> I wish there were more movies like Green Room. I feel like every yeah. other day I Google movies like Green Room, <laughs> and then it just shows me a bunch of movies not like Green Room. Oh, you would love Under the Silver Lake. <laughs> yeah. Fine, maybe. Anyways, Watcher is just, I, there's not much to say about Watcher. It's a good, like, again, thriller. Also about a guy stalking a woman. It's like this very pretty, well-dressed blonde lady and her husband move to Budapest um, for his job. And she, like, obviously doesn't know anyone, doesn't speak the language, Um and they're like stood up in this like very beautiful apartment. Like everything about this movie is just like very visually appealing. Um, and she's sort of just like stuck in there all day. And she keeps looking out the window and seeing the silhouette of a man watching her. And it just sort of goes uh, from there. Yeah. Um, so it's like a, it's just a like very functional good movie that does that thing again. Like I don't have much new to say about it. I think it's a good vibe. Mm-hmm. Like it in Sounds a like very it. cold and again, just like visually appealing way, but it doesn't, there's not like much new to it. I would say. It's like an inversion of rear window. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Was that a theater? Mm-mm. Mm. I was an at home. Mm. Do you ever watch movies on DVD or Blu-ray that you do not own? Uh, I have no way to. Where would I get okay. them? I have no idea. <laughs> do you ever that watch nice. DVDs? In general? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I have. Oh, there was something recently that I watched that was a DVD. Were you just oh, like, oh, it was the Meg. It was what oh, the Meg. <laughs> uh, do you just feel bad when you watch a DVD? Or do you, oh, I could be watching this better. Not mm. with the Meg. <laughs> no, you got the gist no. of it just fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The That's shark cool. was still big. <laughs> right. It's a little pixel. What if, you, 
<laughs> what have you been watching, Tucker? Um, well, I kind of, okay, I'm not going to talk about Disney because I'm kind of done with that now. Well, what, no, what made you be done? <clears throat> oh, well, you see, I was going through in chronological order of everything on Disney+, Plus, but then I realized that actually Disney made all these other movies, which is already like a shot across the bow of my mm-hmm. journey, and I'm like, oh, and then I went back and I'm just like, I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> Freaking movies. It's really cute, though. When he first, first started out, it was just, like, him and his brother in their garage making these, like, crazy, like, mixed media cartoon movies. That's cute, but he made, like, 20 of them, and they're all the exact same thing. And it's just, like, <laughs> at some point, I need to get some enjoyment out of the things. I can't just do it for <laughs> yeah. historical perspective, you know? Yes. So, let's talk cooking shows. Oh, yes. We stumbled upon a show. Okay. Crime Scene Kitchen. Oh, my God. <laughs> we devoured this show. <laughs> mm. This was a Fox cooking show. Uh-huh. Hosted by Joel McHale. Where of course. It's really good. But what it was is they would have a kitchen set up as if someone had made a baked good. And then the teams would have 30 seconds to investigate this kitchen, and then they would have to try to make what they oh, thought. Oh, I've seen about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Season two coming soon. Excited for it. Thomas is the best. Thomas. We love Thomas in this Is household. it a continuation all the way, like, same yes. contestants every? Okay. Yep, they whittle them down. They did a really weird thing, though, and I can't, for the life of me, figure out <coughs> why. Where, for the first four episodes... It would alternate groups. So they would have a group of people in episode one, and then they would eliminate one team. Mm -hmm. And then episode two was a completely different group of people, and they would eliminate a team. Bum, 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 bum. And then in episode five or whatever, they smushed the remaining groups together. And then that, that was just the final group. But I don't understand it because there's no aspect to it of interaction with the other teams. I think it's my assumption would be they wanted a longer number of episodes, but they didn't want to split each episode between that many contestants. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Problem solved. See, I don't watch cooking shows, so I had no idea. Um, So we're waiting on season two of Crime Scene Kitchen starring Joel McHale as the host. What was your favorite dish that they figured out? Oh, my gosh. I don't know any baked goods, so every single thing they said was like, oh, that's a thing. It's like a geode cake where you make like crystals out of sugar and it like oh explodes out of the cake. I don't know. Okay. It's, I think what we've realized is we just like baking shows more than cooking shows necessarily. Okay. And the thing, I think what we boiled it down to. <laughs> 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 What we simmered down to. Thank you. When someone's cooking something and it goes poorly, your sense of that is that the judge says, "Mm, I didn't care for that. In a baking show, it's like, oh, my God, this is raw. I mean, this is just like dough. Like, it's so visual with baking where you're like, oh, I understand. They did a good job. They didn't. For cooking shows, I'm just kind of lost until the judge says this exquisitely plated thing that is like, two little bits of food. This was better (laughs) than the other one. Yeah. That said, we're watching Top Chef, and it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it's very nice. It's so silly, though, because it's so incredibly... I don't know the word for it. Everything is sponsored by something. Everything oh, is absolutely. just like an, an excuse to show a brand. Yeah. My favorite one, I think it's maybe from the season before, is they get a quick fire where like they show up and everything is like blue and purple and pink. Oh my God. And it turns out it's sponsored by Trolls World Tour. Yes. <laughs> Just like the, and the, the winners of the Quick Fire get to go to the t- Trolls World Tour, um, whatchamacallit, premiere. As brought to you by San Pellegrino. Yeah. <laughs> It's so crazy. The quick yeah. fire just always feels like a trash fire because it's just like, oh, here's the sponsor 8,000 times and you made a dish and I think this one's good and we're going on to the main event. Yeah. It's craziness. It is crazy. It's a fun show though. Yeah, it is a fun show. There's so many, I don't know, this is the only season I've seen. There's so many judges. It's insane. <laughs> There's 10 judges. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. There, there is like a, one of my favorite things about Top Chef is the. It's like an on what's the right word? Like, a, oral history is not the right word, but it's just this thing that like there's keeps a lore sort of. To it. it keeps yeah. There's a lore to it. It keeps iterating on itself. So it like, sure I think around the Portland season, they start bringing in mm-hmm. more and more. Well, also Portland is really different because that was the main COVID season. Sure. So in lieu of like normally what happens is they get to go cook at restaurants where they're cooking for like normal people sometimes and like, uh, you know, random people. And for this, they just like quarantined a bunch of previous like, you know, all star contestants who subbed in as judges throughout. So, yeah, it's like a very different Different climate than previous seasons. But I it, like there's so much payoff if like yeah. uh, you're someone who's watched all the previous seasons. Like, oh, Melissa's back. I love Melissa. Like, Gail's in this one. Oh, Gail. Gail's always there. Come I on. I uh, my uh, beginner Top Chef thoughts. Uh, maybe this makes sense in other seasons, but there's. It feels like they're pushing towards drama in some ways, where it's like. Everybody come into this like cool down room and drink your San Pellegrinos and kind of chat. But I feel like they're not doing anything with that because there's not really any drama because everybody just kind of wants to win. I don't feel like anybody has the fire to be like, I'm not here to make friends. Yeah, I mean, I get like that is totally the evolution of Top Chef. We're like, okay. I would say, see what season is that? It's like season. 14. Yeah, I would say like yeah. seasons one through 10 are. Literally guys going in and being like, I'm not here to make friends. And then they're just like sexist and stuff. And then like around season 10, it starts to be like, I think like both the contestants start to change and like evolve as people. And I think the TV show recognized that like there's so many reality shows that fill that need. And like uh, the this show doesn't have to do that as well. Like it can okay. just be like people are there who are super good at cooking and they're there or to not. cook. And like there'll be natural competition that evolves over the course of the season, but we don't need to like force the issue. Yeah. Even though most of the show feels very forced to me, but in a good way, in a fun, yeah, fun way to watch. I have a it question. It feels like you're watching people just do fun activities. <laughs> what? Well, it feels like they're being forced into activities at gunpoint. 
<laughs> and the gun has a San Pellegrino logo on it. God bless. But yes. Mm-hmm. Can we construct? Uh-huh. Because I had asked you, you know, what's an, MasterChef too intense? Uh-huh. The flame, it's cooking too quickly for me. Can we construct like a, a line and at one end is what? Like Great British Baking Show? Is that like what's, the, What does that represent? That represents the lowest key cooking show. No, the lowest key cooking show would be more akin to, I think, what you were describing. Okay. Like the bake, or the crime scene kitchen? Yeah, there's so many Food Network shows that are just like... I, I mean, like, truly the most annoying ones are the ones where it's the opposite, where it's like, here's a bunch of people who don't know how to cook at all. Look at these dummies. Well, ha, I, don't ha, even, ha, ha, ha. I don't consider... Like, the, the ones where it's like, and they need to make it out of Legos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would be at the other end? Master Chef or like Hell's Kitchen? Iron or something? Chef, yeah. Iron Chef. I sure. don't. I've never watched like any of those, though, so okay. I don't know for sure. Fair enough. Where would Chopped fall? Chopped would oh. be like a. I would say sixty percent of the way to the right. Okay. Kind of intense. Yeah, I, it's so weird because, like, I think it starts out not that intense and then gets more intense <laughs> yeah, as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you ever see Cutthroat Kitchen? Yeah, Cutthroat, I used to like that a lot. That okay. was a fun, like, I used to watch that when I was eating lunch in college. Aw, that sounds yeah. lovely. It was lovely. How many, uh, on, a, on a typical day of watching <laughs> a cooking show, are you in uh-huh. for, like, one episode? You're like, oh, okay, I'm good. I mean, I was watching the point at which I discovered Top Chef was the pandemic. And then I was watching like seven a day or something. Seven seasons a day. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Jesus. Seven episodes a day. Yeah. Because I, I watched almost every season now, I think. And that was all within like four months or something. Terrifying. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. What else did you watch, Car? Um, Better Call Saul is over. Yeah, I heard the finale was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. I The finale was really, really good, but the second to last episode was excellent. I oh. wish... <sighs> hmm. I wish I could, like, just tell the entire story of Better Call Saul. <laughs> In the <I> beginning. <laughs> yeah. start, at, start with Breaking Bad, so... <laughs> There's like an airplane. But then we have to go backwards. He's like, he's teaching kids in a school and there's like a, a refrigerator falls on a guy, right? Yeah. Are you with me so far? And then oh, there's like a teddy bear in a Yeah, basically pool. what I would say about like the last two episodes of Better Call Saul, which I think are the two that have happened since we last talked, is like, it, it just, it, it feels like this like very unique experience of a tv show where the finale's intention is not to shock and awe and like leave some like holy crap i can't believe they did this i can't believe it happened like this it's to like fulfill the character's destiny which bruce which sounds like so corny but like it, it it didn't seem focused on telling us something new about the two main characters, which, like, one of the two main characters is Kim Wexler, who is the best person in the entire world. Of course. It, like, because over the course of the show, you're seeing Kim and Jimmy 
like go from this couple that like likes to do silly cons as a way to like spice up their relationship essentially leading into and following Jimmy becomes better call Saul and like gets deeply involved in the cartel. So like you've seen them transform and do awful, awful things. And instead of the finale, like blowing it up further, it focused on like who they've been the entire time. And like it, reminding you who they are or something which was like such a refreshing and sweet and just like a, it's hard to believe a show like this could like end in a nice way that didn't feel like corny or something but it just yeah. like it, it really did which is not to say that it had a happy ending but it it felt like people instead of like I still think Breaking Bad is awesome, but, like, Breaking Bad ending with, like, Walter White getting shot and then, like, getting to cook meth again in, like, a fantasy lab is, like, it, it doesn't feel like a human story anymore. Like, you're watching, like, a devil god do things. And this yes. was just, like, it, it's so gratifying. And, like, I felt such a, like, a deep, deep sadness that, like, I wouldn't get to hang out with them anymore and, like... It, just watch them exist because they're a like beautiful couple and I love them so much. Like mm-hmm. it, I don't know, it's just really, 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 really <laughs> sweet. Um, yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it and I'm so bummed it's gone. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. I have no less than zero knowledge about this show. Uh-huh. I have no, this is not a question about the quality of the show. Uh-huh. Does it feel like, they started this off as a prequel to Breaking Bad, and then at some point it became something else. Um, it sort of feels like it. That's really tough. I think I feel like it sort of. It was more so that it went in waves. Like sometimes it would feel like a completely different entity that really had nothing to do with Breaking Bad. Yeah. And then sometimes it would feel like it had everything to do with Breaking Bad because there was some plot point that related to some plot point in Breaking Bad. And then it would come back out of it again. I think like at the end of the day, it's like so clear that it doesn't feel like it's part of the same city or not same city. It doesn't feel like it's part of the same story in some ways. It just feels like it's part of the same like location. Yeah. Or something like it it does feel like all of this happened in Albuquerque is like sure. more the way I would put it is just like here's this city's history between 2000 and 2010 or whatever right and you're just like following that timeline and like they I don't think it's a spoiler to say because it was like heavily advertised that like Jesse and Walt come back for a couple appearances <sighs> in the last couple episodes <sighs> Like they, you know, it's, they're not shying away from it, I guess, but it doesn't yeah. feel like that's what the show was for. Okay. But it doesn't feel like it's being railroaded at the end to be like, and now Breaking Bad happens. Not at all. And like the way that they bring back, cause I was so worried about the Jesse and Walt stuff. Like I really, yeah. that's the part that like would make me like it the least, but they were used so efficiently. Like, obviously, I think it was just like a, you know, this is a fun thing to do with the fans and whatever. Yeah. But the way that the times that they brought them in were to illustrate something about mostly Jimmy. 
Um, because obviously you skip the entire Breaking Bad timeline in the show. Like you go from everything that happened before Breaking Bad to after Breaking Bad. So there's like two scenes that they throw in to remind you of here's what this character is like during that timeline, basically. Oh, I didn't even realize that. You're saying this like spans that whole time? Yeah, like it goes, I would like the first like five. So I can't remember if they started season one. I think it started season two or three. The first episode would include like a 10-ish minute segment in black and white that would show Jimmy like working at a Cinnabon. So I don't remember how I interpreted that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Basically, like it shows this character. (laughs) Yeah. In a completely different world. Okay. Um, and we slowly learn or like uh, realize that that's him after Breaking Bad ends. Okay. Okay. And then the last like half of the last season is mostly in the after timeline. Is it all black and white then? Yes. Crazy. Which is beautiful also. Aww. Like truly the cinematography like there's so many shots of um like winter time in Nebraska in black and white that are just like so visually stunning. Aww. Also, one other cool thing, they have Carol Burnett as a minor character at the end mm-hmm. and she's so freaking good <laughs> and like I know she's good but she's so good. Oh and Pat Healy too. Pat Healy's so good in it. Oh my god, yeah. It's a great show. Very good. Yeah, I like Better Call Saul. So now are they going to do like a spinoff of Better Call Saul where it's like, now we're going to take this minor character and explain their story for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, the dream is that they take Kim Wexler and do something with her, but... Oh, we have to stop this. I don't I'm pumping I don't the care. brakes. I would love for them to do something with Kim, but... They will. It's probably best if they don't. I'm just yeah. a greedy Gus. You are a greedy Gus. Uh, yeah. I have a TV issue. What's up? So, whenever we watch a narratively focused television show, which is not very often, uh-huh. I like to, in my mind, make it real. I like to watch it on a specific night. Interesting. Of the week. So, Monday has been our Handmaid's Tale night. Are you still going to Handmaid's Tale? See, that's the thing I was going to talk about. We... Monday rolled around, <laughs> as it does, and I was like, I kind of don't want to watch Handmaid's Tale. Well, yeah, it's a tough hang. Yeah, it's not like something you look forward to watch. Like, when we're watching it, I enjoy it, and I'm like, yeah. I'm into it, but it's so depressing, and just like, there's no, it's not like, oh, I love hanging out with these <laughs> characters. It's like, oh no, what is happening yeah. in this world? And then... It's hard to want to jump into this cold, stinky water once a week, you know? Yes. Okay. Better Call Saul sounds like a better time than (laughs) Handmaid's Tale at this point. Yeah. How uh, far are you? Oh, just, you know, once a week. So, like, episode five, maybe? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, No, it's a a fine show. It's, you know, it's telling a story, but it's just like, oh. I feel like you got to make it through first season. Yeah, we uh, we yeah. will. But okay. I just feel bad because I set the schedule out and then I'm just like, oh. I, I can't 
I can't right now. I'm sorry. I'm not in the mood. I feel like with something like that, you might have to loosen up the schedule because it might just yeah. have to be whenever you're down to watch something that's horribly depressing. <sighs> Otherwise, you're the entire Monday. I would just be thinking, oh, God. Oh, oh God. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. They're going to play Scrabble. Yeah, I like Scrabble. The use of pop music in that show is very questionable to me. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like you've mentioned that before, so I yeah. think that might be a commonly held belief. So It felt sort of creative at the time, but I don't know. Like Heart of Glass playing during this, like, people getting shot in the street scene was just like, what yeah. is going on? And it's like very dramatic, slowed down Heart of Glass. Yeah. Not sure what's going on there. No. E.T. Why should we rewatch E.T.? I wanted to. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, grew up scared of E.T. It's a terrifying movie as That's a child. That's so weird. Which part? That you're scared of it. It's terrifying. When the scientists bust into their house and it's all creepy and they're all in like space yeah. suits and stuff. I had wonders <laughs> about that. I had uh, this fear that space people would like show up because there's <laughs> multiple scenes of them like outside peering through blinds. So after I watched that, I was like scared of blinds because I thought a spaceman would be like staring at me through the blind. And it's not even supposed to. It's not like a pivotal scene in the film. It's just like establishing that they are there. But I don't know. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Yeah, he's good at making movies. Oh, it's very good. You got to get past the E.T. part of it, though. <laughs> the poop sack alien is a little hard to... And then it's so crazy because I didn't know this, but in 2002, they actually went back and they like redid it. Oh. For the 20th anniversary edition of the DVD, they like replaced puppet E.T. with like bad CGI oh, E.T. Oh, no. Horrifying. Is that the version you watched? No, 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 no. Oh, good. Watch the original, but it's just crazy to think they went through this movie. I don't know how they did it. It must have been extremely expensive because they didn't yeah. reshoot it. They just took out the puppet and put oh, a CGI God. ET there instead. Uh, I honestly don't know the process behind that, but uh, yeah, I looked up a bunch of like screen comparisons and it's just oh, like, Lord. wow, we wow, wow, wow. And that feels uh, like the thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> it went so far as to just be like this establishing shot is different mm. like they changed all these like minute little things and it doesn't make any sense to me hmm. uh et is great though what did you like about it um the general tone yeah it's like you know we're so i feel like there was like in the early 2000s it was just like spielberg tone just like the goonies is back in this you know what was his face uh super eight god super eight's so bad Oh, I like Super 8. Nope. Um, <laughs> that tone is great, and you got, like, young Drew Barrymore looking just like old Drew Barrymore, just, like, being a little kid, interacting with this, like, E.T. puppet, and it's just yeah. so heartfelt and just, like, the wonder of filmmaking, you know, before it was all cynical and gross and disgusting and before everybody ripped this movie off. This is E.T. Aw. I don't know, it's, it's nice to just like look back. I love 80s movies. I don't know. Yeah. They had something worked out back then, I feel like. Yeah. Anyway, E.T. Bad, okay, I have a complaint. I went, I went on the library's website and I said, I would like the Blu-ray of E.T., please. Let me place a hold on it. And then I had to wait for them to put it in their old book van from Andigo or whatever and bring it on over to... Uh, the library and I go in there and it says on the case Blu-ray edition and I open up it's a DVD. No! 
Like, come on. It sucks. And I was all nervous then because I thought I would bring it back and they'd be like, this isn't the Oh, movie. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, no, it was in there. Um, so we just watched the DVD or whatever. Oh, gosh. It doesn't look as good. You get used yeah. to that HD and it's just kind of like, <laughs> man. And so crazy because DVD was the future at a certain point. Yeah. I remember going to Sears and it was like, check out the quality of DVD. Sears. Now it's just like, ugh. YouTube's buffering too much or something with this movie. I don't know. It's color banding. Yeah. Speaking of DVDs from the library. Mm-hmm. Playground. Oh, I had never heard of this movie before. I hadn't either. And I saw it at the library and it said, official selection of con. Uh, movie festival. Mm. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this movie, but I think you should watch it. Okay. It is the way its subject is shot is unlike any movie I've seen. I read the letterbox description, but can you give me the play by play? I forget. Or yeah. not play by play. Brief um, description. It's just dealing with a very young uh, girl and her slightly older brother at a just like a public school. Uh, the trials and tribulations, but it is shot in a very artistic way. It's very dark. It's very sad-ish in a way, but there's also moments of just like kids being kids that are adorable. Hmm. Um, But it's just shot so that the young girl is just basically always the... Like, it's always shot at her eye level, and she's usually the only thing in focus in the frame. Interesting. So it's this very unique looking movie and it has this really great, I love an abrupt ending. Mm, I love mm-hmm. like stuff's happening, stuff's happening, boom, credits. Ooh. We got one of those in this movie. Very good. That's so. good. And it's like 70 minutes long. It's like, this is the perfect movie. It sounds, it could be a double feature with Petit Maman. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I just got to track down a copy of Petit Maman. Petit Mama, also about 70 minutes, all from the perspective of a little girl. We love short films about About short short girls. (laughs) Car, what else is going on? (laughs) I had a back-to-back-to-back movie day yesterday. (laughs) Where I tackled three movies I've been meaning to watch for a minute. Yes. Um, First is Barry Lyndon. Have you seen Barry Lyndon? I would not sit down and watch the movie and then be like, give me two more movies. I'd be like, I'm good for the week. I had uh, some, I was feeling very anxious about the fact that I wasn't doing anything. So my way of (laughs) absolving that was watching movies that seemed difficult in some ways. Yes. (laughs) I have not seen that film and I think you know why. Because it's just long? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I thought there was something else there. It's a mistake. You know why. <laughs> this was like, it, it's one of those funny things where, aside from the fact that, like, it's a very normal story and movie in most ways, like, that was slightly unexpected. Sure. Otherwise, it was exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> like, yeah. In, in a really, like, nice, comforting way. Like, this yeah. would totally be a Christmas movie for me. Like, it yeah. could have this on while, even though, like, there is serious stuff going on. I don't want to, like, underplay that, but it's just the tone of it and the way it looks and, like, uh, the very filmic quality and, like, everything's a painting and all these people are weird <laughs> British people acting super weird because they're all old and British. Like, yeah. 
it was just a very beautiful time um, with some like extremely wacky and exciting scenes like throughout the length of the movie, which okay. helps you not like drift into oblivion. Great. And I guess so. The other reason I'm watching this is uh, Blank Check is doing their Kubrick series, and it's like. A, they're approaching it very much the way that, like, I feel like I've had to approach Kubrick, which is, like, they're, like, he's just, at least to me, or I feel like, I wonder if you feel the same, because I feel like it's sort of generational. Hmm. He's, like, the epitome of, like, it's a box you have to check or something. Like, you have to have watched them, and you have to, like, hmm. admire them in some way. I don't um, feel that way. I don't know. Uh, really? I haven't seen a lot of his movies because I just... Well, that's kind of what I'm getting. It's like, I, they're just always in the back of my mind of like, uh, I should. And like, I've enjoyed each of them so much that so there's no reason I shouldn't keep going. But I yeah. feel like it is just like the awareness of like, oh, he's one of the greats. And therefore, there's like always something intimidating about it. Even yeah. though like, as this movie demonstrates like... There's nothing intimidating about this movie at all besides the fact that it's three hours long. Like, it's just, yeah. it's pretty straightforward. It's a guy who, like, wants to become of higher class and, like, keeps doing stuff to, like, make that happen. I think Letterboxd is poisoning all of our minds, Car. But I felt like this before Letterboxd, specifically no, about him. Like, well, maybe I, just the internet. Yeah. <laughs> that might be fair. Well, I, just, I think it's, like, he is also just, like, you know, I knew about Kubrick before I was, like, on. No, I know. You know, you were always on the IMDb top one. I was films. on the IMDb train, but you can't have this artistic medium where you know ten of the top one hundred movies, no matter where you go, are all from a single perspective, and that perspective is, you know, like him. Like the way he makes movies yeah. is not. He's he was very good at making movies, but like if I was making a list of. Movies I would want someone to watch or like movies that are interesting or entertaining. He wouldn't be on them. Well, 2001 is an awesome movie, but yeah, uh, I just feel like his movies are these long kind of like very picked over. Like if David Fincher didn't care about entertaining people or something. But I don't think that's fair. Like, I feel like that's sort of what I thought he was. And then like I watched Watch Macaulay. Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. And I was like, oh, this is like a. A crazy romance thriller. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I feel like that's the other thing is like, I'm always approaching them as if they'll be a slog. And like, 2001 is like incredible, kind of but like, that's the only boring one. Like, that's mean. The Shining's boring. No, I don't think The Shining's boring. Shining's kind of boring. I think Shining might still be my fave. I like The Shining a lot. I could probably name A Clockwork Orange is boring. I've never seen. Okay, it's boring. I don't <laughs> okay. know. I just wish we're so browbeaten over the IMD Tab 100, but I just wish yeah. it was a more interesting list of movies, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, just because it's so ubiquitous that these are like, there's like the books where it's like a thousand movies you should see before yeah. you kill over. And it's like, Kubrick's <laughs> probably in there a couple of times. Like, great. Yeah. How is this useful to me? But I think it is that thing. And I feel, I feel like I rub up against this about everything. Like, I, I also hate when it goes so far as, like, it's not his fault that 
that's the lore. No. Like uh, he just made the best movies he could make, and then he sure. died, and that's that. So and like, a uh, <laughs> but like, so it it feels weird to like hold what culture has done against no. his movies. No, I'm holding film bros to task for this. But one. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. like. A, so I'm trying my best to like separate all that, and I think the blank yeah. check guys are like doing. It's I I'm just having a good time listening to them. I guess no, like sure. I'm also learning the entire first episode of their series about him is like about his first two short films, and there's like not much there, so they just spend each. it. <laughs> they just spend it talking about like how he grew up and like got into movies, and that's just like so much more interesting than like some bro dissecting 2001 for like the five billionth Jesus. time. I don't know. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that's all to oh. say. Barry Lyndon was really good. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. First step in. <laughs> what else did you watch? Um, then of... next up, this yeah. is the real one. This is the real one. <laughs> yeah. Turbo, um, I watched snail, the women lost a race. Go on. <laughs> I watched Vim, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Right, 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 right. By my beloved Pedro Almodovar. Of course. Who, like, I have yet to see one of his that I didn't love. I think mm -hmm. the closest one to, like, not loving it would be the one that we watched, which Great. was, I forget what it was called. That was a fine movie. Yeah, it was a really, really good movie that I liked a lot. It's just the other ones have blown me away. And this, Parallel Mothers, I really loved, so I can't see. Uh, we'll it's hard to compare. Just a second. Hey. <laughs> future winner of best letterbox poster of the year exactly that's what i'm saying okay um but this movie ripped this <laughs> feels like my speed racer i was thinking whoa, of like whoa, 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 yeah yeah, whoa, yeah. Whoa. yes <laughs> i don't I, even know what that means but it's okay. truly the closest comp i could think of like okay. a this is frenetic, insane, <laughs> bonkers bananas the entire time. And it's like, go, 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 go. A million things are happening at once. No one's behaving like normal. I the colors this. are insane. Yes. It looks crazy. It's so funny, like deeply, deeply funny. I loved it. I love, okay. love, 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 loved it. Clean 90 minutes. That's the only difference That's between Speed Racer, I guess. Um... Yeah, I, this is, it was excellent, like, really, really excellent. Um, never really seen anything like it. Had the best time possible. I, like, someone, Dylan Galula, who's an actress I like, who also has a letterboxed, uh, had a review of it, which summed it up, which is, like, it, this is just a good reminder that, like, movies are supposed to be fun and entertaining. Like, a, like in order for something to be high art, they don't need to be boring. Like, it can be cuckoo, and you I can like have cuckoo. a fun time watching it. Um, yeah, I, and again, like, I, I don't think there's anyone's filmmaking aesthetic who I admire as much as his. Like, uh, it's just, it's so nice to see vibrancy and, like, it. Mm -hmm. uh, intense color in lieu of like i don't know like a moody tones or something like mm -hmm. it's just it he's doing his own thing he never stops doing his own thing and everyone just seems so on board for it and then you also get young antonio banderas yes. as like this like cutie bookish guy and yes. it's so awesome yeah this movie rocks 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 <laughs> uh he did volver right yes Volver like haunts me because I feel like I see that cover or that poster like everywhere yeah. and I'll never watch that movie, but it's always <laughs> I'm probably going to watch that movie soon. Yeah. 
What was the yeah. third one? Was it Michael Clayton? The, oh, I rewatched Michael Clayton. I forgot to hit that one. That's a great movie. I, okay. I mean, I don't have much to say about that. That's awesome. That wasn't the third of the day. No, but can I quickly tell you about Michael Clayton? Of my course. experience with it. Yes. Um, so John was feeling a little under the weather, so we weren't hanging out in case he had COVID. Joke is, I had COVID, um, but we were like doing a <laughs> simultaneous simultaneous movie watch. Um, so we picked Michael what? Clayton, like you know, watching from our respective apartments, but started at the same time so we can like text about it whilst watching it. Um, Ooh, okay. <laughs> and two thirds. I'd seen it before. He hadn't. Two thirds of the way through, I had to like run to my room for something, and I realized there was mold on my huh? Uh, huh? AC grates. Oh. Yeah. So I had like a full meltdown, and I spent the rest of Michael Clayton. Vinegar. Researching how to kill mold, scrubbing it, crying because I thought I'd been breathing in mold spores forever. Oh, yeah. um, and then just stuffing everything in Ziploc bag and then having to clean my whole apartment because I got mold everywhere. Um, so I didn't really enjoy the last Holy third cow. of Bundle Clayton. Um, but it was a really good movie. What color mold? Black. Oh, that's not the good mold car. No. I looked it up and it's like very overblown. Like the basically what happens is you get sniffly, um, but it has no long term health effects unless you have um, underlying conditions. However, Bruce had been very sniffly recently, oh, which was out of boy. character. And John had been sniffly whenever he was at my apartment. So then I felt like waves of guilt that I was poisoning those around me. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Michael so, Clayton, great film. Yeah, it was really good. Have you seen it before? No. It's really good. I turned it on once, but then I had to clean mold off of a air conditioner <laughs> vent, so I didn't pay too much attention. Anyways, so I watched Collateral was the last one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, which I hadn't seen before. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yes. I'm trying to think about it. Like, I love it. I don't know. I, yeah, it was great. I love the plot of it. That's... Yes. Awesome. I love uh, I love anytime there's an action scene in a club. So like the entire club That's action scene was like too. A, it's, it's a like, really good one. Yeah, it also yeah, yeah. made me think of Miami Vice, which was nice because that's the best scene in Miami Vice <laughs> is when he's just like calling someone on the cell phone in the club or whatever. God, if you can um, remember any of that movie, God bless you, Carly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Tom Cruise is awesome. He's yeah. so scary. It's great. I could watch that scene with the coyote like over and over and over. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. Is Michael Mann the most masculine filmmaker? Well, no. I think he is. Who is more masculine? Well, there's like this. He features masculinity in his films, but I feel like it's always like very like uh, everyone's very wounded and they have these deep conversations about stuff. Like, I don't, it's not like machismo. No, I'm. I mean, like a like a true like considered masculinity, not sure. like Fast and the Furious or whatever. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of like strong female characters, if that's what you mean. I also, I just, you know, like it. It has a certain look. It is. He, look. he has a lot of like oh protecting women. Is like mm-hmm. the gist of a lot of it. 
what is it like Aerosmith playing all the time? It's just like, it's just, he's got, you know, he's audio slave. Thank you very much. (laughs) He's drawing from a lot of things that give off like the most masculine vibe I can think of. And I'm not saying that as a dig at all. It feels like a pure essence. But like, God, I think of like, uh, I don't know. I know we don't need to go down that road, but I can think of when I think of key moments from his films that I've seen. They're always very deflated men Mm -hmm. like being faced with how the world works and realizing that, you know, they don't ever like when I think like macho, I think like uh, or masculine kind of like pummeling the world into the shape they want. But I feel like his movies are the opposite where they come out of these movies like changed because the world has like is going to roll them. They aren't yeah, the like they're trying machine. to pummel it and then they fail. Yes, and they yeah. end up and there's just oh my god, his the way his movies feel like being tired at night. Yeah, <laughs> is so incredible to me. Yeah, just like like caffeine wearing off, headache, tired, night, and then like dawn at the yeah. end. There's always dawn at the end. It's always dawn at the end. <laughs> so good. The part in the train at the end where Tom Cruise is like, a, imagine a guy getting on a train or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dies. be mean. Did you like the part where Tom Cruise throws a chair and then trips over it and they kept it in the movie? Yeah. Really cool? Wait, was that like a goof? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Um, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what he's doing in that movie. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love to see him. And I was, yeah. I guess, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. that was shocking. I was genuinely what? like a <gasps> moment. Oh, when he uh, exits the movie? Yes. Yes. Shocking. Yeah, yeah, the movie just moves. I love it. That Ooh. first. What, 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 Sorry, what, 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 probably what, what, what? favorite moment. What? Not favorite scene because like all yes. the action set pieces are so cool. Favorite moment, mm-hmm. the vibes in the morgue when they're just unwrapping the guys. Yep. He's like, not, not I don't know. One. Maybe it's because like every other morgue scene has like a blue green tint and this yes. had like an orange tint. Yes. Oh, that was good. This was not Saw 4. This was no. collateral. Yeah. I was just going to mention that when uh, the lady gets into his cab at the beginning and they have that conversation. Good. Yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith, no less. That's true. She's, in a lot, she's been a lot of she has been good in a lot of good movies that we have watched. Yes. On the podcast. I think about the one that we watched quite a while ago all the time with the lady stealing yep, the, the heists. Yep. Yes. That was a good movie. Yes. Collateral is a good movie. Yes. I'm terrified to watch Michael Mann movies because I'm always, well, Miami Vice kind of like opened the door to like, maybe this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I think you know, we all have failures. <laughs> I, and I think plenty a lot people of, also love that movie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of people would disagree with that on that yeah. movie, but that didn't work for me. But collateral and heat to me are just like just a vision realized i love it yeah what else have you been watching um well i got that book about david fincher from the library that i sent you a picture of of david fincher on my lawn looking off to the left did i get that picture yep and you said who and then i sent a oh that's david fincher that's david fincher (laughs) um not a great book, but it made, uh, actually it was like a confluence of events or maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just said, Oh, Zodiac is kind of like very influenced by all the president's men. So we watched all the president's men. Oh, okay. 
fantastic movie. Also kind of topical, you know, in a way. But uh, yeah, I, good movies, man. Yeah. You Did you learn anything about David Fincher? No, it was really disappointing as a book. It was oh. uh, kind of interesting because it went through. It's just it's so like rote where it's just like. He makes movies about serial killers, but he's kind of like a serial killer because he's exacting and weird. Ugh, God. Like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> I learned that when I watched Social Network commentary <laughs> for the first time in 2010. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's just like, here's 25 pages about seven. Yeah, I guess it is kind of weird or whatever. It's like, I didn't really, I didn't read the whole thing. I was just like, whatever. Yeah. I didn't I think, get to uh, the Benjamin Button chapter. I think a biography about him pre-filmmaking would be really interesting. Sure. Like just me- early life and music videos would be cool. Yeah. And they devote about like 10 pages of this book to that. And I okay. didn't learn anything. And it's just like, not great. Yeah. But it's so like produced that book where it's like mm-hmm. obviously supposed to be like very like serious and like finally inside the mind of David Fincher, he made mm-hmm. mind hunters. Like, great, thanks. <laughs> I wish there were good books about directors like that. Yeah. I have yet to find one. Hopefully that Ridley Scott one at least has cool pictures in it. Yeah. It seemed like it did. It does have cool pictures and it is good. I think okay. coffee, was that a coffee table book? The David Fincher one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say coffee table books might be better for it. It's, I mean, that's basically what it was. It was a lot of, like, stills from the movies and then, like, blah, 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 blah. Okay. It explains some stuff like there's a soundtrack choice in Zodiac that it kind of gets into. It's kind of interesting that I didn't know the history hmm. of and all that stuff. But it, again, but also it's just like David Fincher put his name in the credits over the part where the mail is getting delivered in Zodiac. What does this mean? Mm. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Zodiac's a great movie. Yeah. That's it. All the President's Men's very good. Yeah. I still haven't seen. Really? Really, really? Oh, you should. I think you would like it. It, it moves. It's just yeah. Like, it's good. I will. I will. <laughs> Forcing you to. I just think it's a good movie. No, it's uh, okay. I will. Uh, <laughs> you got anything else there, Car? Well, you read a Rooney. The hell, are you talking about? You read a Sally Rooney novel. Who? Oh, <laughs> yeah. We. Yeah. 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 Have you read that one? Yes, yeah, you I've recommended it to me. Of course. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it, 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 what is it? It's called Beautiful World, Where Are You? Right? Yeah, I think so. Exists in this really interesting place. I, I like the book. Yeah. Didn't love it. It exists in this really interesting place where it's like, in some ways, it's very true to life, I feel like. In how people our age kind of interact and how we worry about things, certain yeah. things. In other words, in other ways, I was just like, I, "Is this what people do? Is this how this works?" I am lost, <laughs> and that might be on me. I don't know. Uh, it 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 seems like it is trying to have its cake and eat it too, where it's like any criticism I could levy against it would be like, "That's the point," because yeah. it's about people like me in a way where it's like. Boy, all these people seem the same and there's like no people other than like sad white people of the age of 30 in this book. And it's like, <laughs> that's the point. And it's like, OK, 
I think that specifically is a fair criticism and a criticism I've seen levied. Like, yeah. you know, I also think there's something to be said of like, she's writing from her perspective and like, Oh, you can <laughs> tell because the one character is just basically it. She must've known if she wasn't writing herself into this book, she must've known that that character would be perceived that way because it's a person her age who becomes a famous Oh, the author? Novelist. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think like, she knows. Like, I okay. I think that's well... Okay. Yeah, I think that's purposeful. I don't think that's like a, oopsies, did I do that? <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. distracting, though, where it's like, I guess I am rich and successful, but I'm not super <laughs> happy about it. <laughs> yeah. I think on- <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm just so far into the cult of Rooney. Like, okay. uh, I... I was so excited when I realized that was a component of the book because you want in on her mind. I want like, yeah, I want to know what her perspective on that experience is because like, I think I've mentioned it before where it's like, I remember reading normal people like early on, like I think it was certainly popular, but it wasn't like what it is now and being feeling so like psychologically and emotionally connected to it. Yeah. And then realizing that it was an enormous phenomenon and being like, all these people are you. Yeah. I was like, how you guys don't think like that too. Like not in like a, like I truly still don't believe that it's possible that other people (laughs) relate to the characters in the way that I do, which is like so single minded, but that's just like how it feels. So then like seeing, and it feel it's from what I've read like of her and about her, like it seems like she was genuinely shocked that like uh, people were having that relational experience as well. Yeah. So I think just the idea of like some taking someone with like a, what may have felt like a singular perspective perspective to her at the time, which has now been proven to be a perspective Everyone. of the masses is like a, I don't know. There's something very interesting about that. Yeah. Um, and like what that does to an author who's trying to continue like doing her own thing, but is now aware of the fact that like maybe everyone just thinks exactly like she does. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. But I think that's unfair to her because there's not, it's not like every author right now is writing these books, you know? Yeah. Like she captured something that I feel like a lot of people don't or haven't. Absolutely. No, I think like she's, I I think other people are trying to, I think it's, there's something very specific about, like, I think I like the way the nastiness, which like her characters think about each other and themselves. Yes. While still being good people, I think is like, yeah, that feels so specific of like, I like some of the worst stuff I want to admit about myself is like the ways that I think that are similar to the way that those people think. And I think like putting that on the page is like horrifying, but like very relatable. Would, yeah. That stuff is relatable to an extent, but then there's a lot of stuff that I feel like is affectation (laughs) of the writer that I just kind of, bounced off of like where they're writing these huge like i don't understand the emails between the two where is it supposed to be annoying because it's really annoying where they're like, <laughs> i looked up this term on wikipedia and now i'm yeah. copying and pasting wikipedia like is this supposed to be like a commentary on how people talk to each other nowadays because we don't do that me and you don't write each other emails about philosophy and such 
I think so. That is, I'm trying to remember if that's in everyone. That's definitely in normal people. They're like writing oh, no. each other emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a few things there. Like one, I think that is absolutely like a self. I would hope self-aware. Like, oh, these people are kind of self-indulgent. I guess is a way to put it. Um, and I do think we. I think two things. I think maybe we're a few years behind an age where that happened a lot and also not those types of people. But I've heard tell like it used to be like a romantic thing, maybe five to 10 years before us to write long, like a beautiful love emails to each other. And I think we just entirely like missed that piece of a generation. But these people are our our age. no? Yeah. But I'm guessing it's more from her experience of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel I also feel like even if you take out the fact that it doesn't ring true, the format of it, I feel like the ending kind of just drops the ball. Uh, oh, see, I disagree okay, completely. Okay, 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 I love, okay, okay, love, okay. love, 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 love the ending. I can't tell if it's like I I don't know if it works at, from a like novel perspective, like story perspective. <laughs> yeah. But it's not satisfying I, necessarily. It just like wrecked me for whatever Aww. reason. Like I feel like like that entire concept or like the idea of the world ending is something that like haunted me, especially in like the last two to three years. And it just hmm. I don't think I was expecting like a quote unquote happy ending. And the way it ended just like completely shocked me. And like it, truly brought me to like a level of personal peace i hadn't felt in a long oh, I time i completely disagree really <laughs> well this is a shrug at the end basically yeah it's like i have all these problems i'm worried about that are actual problems yeah but what if i just continue a lifestyle that led to these problems and maybe jesus is involved yeah it's like okay <laughs> great have fun with that uh <laughs> I'll be dealing with the end of the world over here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, maybe it did just feel like a permission slip to just be like, uh, you don't need to worry about it all the time. And we have to just like <laughs> deal with our stupid day to day BS or something. But yeah. it just like it, it like genuinely changed my perspective, sure. which felt crazy. That's the power of books, Car. That's the power of Rooney. When you, can I ask you about reading? Uh huh. How long would you say it takes you to read a book, like a normal sized book? It varies widely. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So like I would say every Rooney book I've read, I've finished within like two days. But okay. like I'm reading a more economy right now that I've been reading which one, which for one, like... Which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? Uh, Wind Up Bird. Uh, My problem is... Murakami? No. <laughs> My <laughs> okay. problem is I've gotten to a state now where I can mostly only read outside. I'm almost the same way. It's horrible. I know it's great. Reading no. outside is one of life's greatest pleasures. It is, but I can't always be outside. That's true. Yeah. You can't always be reading. Yeah. Hmm. Why not Bird Chronicle? I think they're all the same book, so it does get lost for me, but I believe I've started that book at least like 10 times and I've never same. managed to... <laughs> I don't know. I did just get uh, his uh, first person singular from the library today. And I think that's Ooh. the one with Drive My Car story in it. I think that's right. So that's cool. That's fun. He is great. I, I think yeah. we've talked about it before, but I've like fully come around to that. I accept him for 
his eccentricities. Ups and downs. Uh, yeah. I think he exi- I think I got everything I needed out of his novels out of One Q Eight Four. Yeah. And now I can just appreciate his like short fiction and that running book was really good. Yeah. I I don't know. I the there's a few moments in what's the one with the wild sheep chase. Ever read it. I that one brought back like the holy shit feeling that I got mm-hmm. in one Q eighty four. Like mm-hmm. a, there's a chapter or whatever that I felt like terrified and like out of my body and like it yeah, I, I that book like reignited Murakami for me, I think. Nice. Yeah. Did you read the one where the kid goes to the library? Yeah, Kafka on the Shore. Yeah. That one kind of stuck with me a little bit. Absolutely. The soldier stuff in the woods. Isn't that 1Q84? Oh, no. no. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. 1Q84 is like the cat village or whatever. Yes, which is horrible. It's Gandon knocking on the door. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, would you ever read another Rooney? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I didn't hate it at all. I, yeah. I it was entertaining and I I was interested in the characters and everything, but Yeah. I also felt like I was peering in on something or something. There was a remove to it the whole time where I'm like I get what this is trying to do. Yeah. I don't know if I'm on board with it necessarily, but it was interesting. I thought the I thought the one character was a really interesting character to put it in a story like that. The uh the very religious guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know any other names. I'm sorry. I think that was Thomas, right? Or something. Simon? Simon, Simon. Simon. Um, yeah. I just thought that was a really interesting perspective because they kind of, they don't really pass judgment on that character. Well, they do, but in a kind of way where they come to understand it or accept it and just yeah. kind of how he is maybe the most uh, well-adjusted and happiest one, but they kind of treat him like, uh, like, a you know, like, we don't, this is weird. This yeah. is not yeah. good or something. Right. And even though he's not like doing anything to them. Right. But at, at the same time, I don't think it, it works or I am frustrated by the fact that they kind of turn towards that towards the end where it's like this, maybe this is a way out. Maybe this is an option. It's like, yeah, I guess <laughs> for him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, obviously, because I'm I'm left with like questions and stuff. But yeah, I don't really have a any urge to go read normal people. I guess. Yeah. Or what's the other I've, one? Conversations with conversations with friends. My normal people is the first one, so that's like so ingrained in my memory. Right. Conversations with friends. I feel like people have a harder time with, but I think it might be a better book than normal people. True. I don't know. Maybe I'll just wait for the next one and hop in while it's fresh. Rooney! <sighs> Rooney! Are they doing any adaptation of uh, Beautiful I'm sure. Face? Yeah. Okay. Very good. She must have like a full package with Hulu or whatever. God, I can't I can't picture how you would adapt something like that. I don't know what normal people reads like, but this is so like internalized. It's all like people's... Then she checked her Instagram yeah. <laughs> for four It pages. is honestly like a... Especially conversation. It's just very quiet. Like, it, yeah. there's not a ton of talking, which is, like, very interesting. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. God, there's so many. It's so uncanny when they, when she describes people on their phones. What do you mean? 
where she's describing in detail how people use phones and it's just like freakish to read about it. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, then she opened an app and closed the app and then yeah, opened yeah, a different yeah. app and closed that app and then went back to the first app and then typed a message and deleted it and then opened yeah. the other app again. And it's just, ah, this is real and it's terrifying. Yeah. What, what happened to us? I don't know. But I don't think that would be Bruce a good Bruce has TV never show. opened an app in his life. <laughs> and look at him, he's sniffly. Yeah, not anymore. The mold is gone. Are you ready to pick what movies we're watching next time? Yeah. Okay. Twilight One. Yep, Twilight One. Uh, and? Mad God. Mad God. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's that guy. He was in that movie where he's drunk all the time. <laughs> this is extremely similar in tone and theme to what I was going to pick, and now I don't know what to pick. Uh-oh, I can pick a different one for no, this. that's season. fine. Okay. I can pick a different one. Um, what did I add to my watch list the other day? It was a really weird one. Yeah, Street Trash. What the heck is that? A group of hobos begin melting into multicolored <laughs> piles of goo after drinking 60-year-old liquor. At the same time, the psychotic Vietnam War vet who rules the hobo camp snaps and begins killing at random. Two brothers set out to stop the liquor and the killer. Are we going to be able to watch this? Probably not. I can pick a different movie. Let's have that as first option. Then if I'm just looking and there's only the Amazon logo and I only get the prime one. That's never good. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Oh boy. Okay. Can I service my services? Go. Oh, that really narrows it down. Oh, <laughs> um, The reflecting skin. Ooh. A young boy tries to cope with rural life circa 1950s, and his fantasies become a way to interpret events. After his father tells him stories of vampires, he becomes convinced that the widow of the road is a vampire. Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. It's we'll like still use the other one as option A, and we'll check, and if not, option B. Okay. I forgot what I said already. Street trash. Trash, 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 trash. Okay. Very good. <laughs> and now, Car, you'd prepared the upcoming films and we're ready to I did prepare the upcoming films. Did film. you really? Yes. Oh, I should have made time. We talked about Rooney for like eight <laughs> hours. Okay. I kind of forgot I did it until you said that. <laughs> you want to roll real quick? Yeah. <laughs> any any guesses? No, they're okay. all not guessable. Okay. Okay. So, first up. Yes. This is coming out August 18th. It's tomorrow. Okay. On Shudder. It's oh. called Glorious. Okay. A heartbroken man finds himself trapped in a bathroom with a strange voice who says he may be the only hope in stopping a terrible event. This is that movie you didn't like with the guy. Yeah, exactly. Except okay. we're about to read another one that sounds like that movie. Um, okay. I'll just read it right now. Okay. Uh, oh, no, it doesn't. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> the next movie is Beast, uh, which I've gotten trailers before, before like every single YouTube video I've watched. Uh-oh. Um, starring Aegis Helba. Coming out oh, August nice. 19th in Thetas. Um, recently... Oh. The is this Lion. the Lion movie? Yeah. yeah okay. Recently right. widowed Dr. Nate Daniels and his two teenage, two teenage daughters travel to a <laughs> South African game reserve managed uh-huh. by Martin Battles, an old family friend and wildlife biologist. What was that guy's name? Martin Battles. What's his last name? Battles. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> However, what begins the journey of healing soon turns into a fearsome fight for survival when a lion, a survivor a of a blood thirty poacher, a survivor of blood thirty poachers begins stalking what? them. Um, do you hear about the author of Where the Crawdad Sings? Oh no! Is he running for governor of Ohio or something? Or she? She and her husband like formed a militia that like killed poachers in Africa. Hell yeah! It's insane. You gotta read up about it. Okay, sorry. Um, next movie is Dragon Ball Super superhero. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Nothing. Uh, it's coming <laughs> Nothing. to theaters and IMAX. <laughs> Is Dragon Ball in it? Super colon superhero. Is okay. Mr. Satan in it? I would love to hear you. Dis- yeah, please read this description, Kai. <laughs> the Red Ribbon Army was okay. once destroyed by Son Goku. I'm with you so far. Individuals who carry on its spirit have created the ultimate androids, Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. Okay. However, these two androids call themselves superheroes and start attacking Piccolo and Gohan. What? Yep. Not Gohan. Yep. Gohan, I believe, is... Uh, Goku's son. Okay. That's um, it. Also coming out is The Immaculate Room to theaters okay. and VOD. This one sounds interesting. Or fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Piccolo in it? No. Okay. Mike and Kate, a seemingly perfect couple, join a psychological experiment to compete for $5 million if they can last 50 days in a sleek white room in complete isolation. No phones, no family, only the voice of the immaculate room keeping them in check if they think of straying. However, as the clock ticks down, the room, all or in caps, capitalized, becomes more than it seems, putting them through cruel tests to break their resolve and resurfacing private demons, which they may not survive. That sounds like Cube. Is this just Cube? Sounds like Cube and also that movie I hated recently. Prisoners? Uh-uh. No, not Prisoners. What's the one with what's-her-face and what's-his-face in space? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> awake or whatever. No, 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 no. Chris Pratt. Uh, what's yeah, your face? Yeah, 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 I just yeah. can't think of the name of it. Okay. Um. Next up is Orphan First Kill. Yeah, <laughs> I am so. I've heard some good things about it, so I'm. I'm oh, really? I'm tempering my expectations. I uh, I don't understand how you make this movie. You do. <laughs> you do. Uh, I hope it's self-aware about the fact that they shouldn't have made it. That's all I ask. Hard to say. Okay. Uh, theaters and VOD. Yes. After escaping from a psychiatric facility in Estonia, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. Yet, an unexpected <laughs> twist arises that pits her against a mother who will protect her family at any cost. It's the interesting so, thing is that it's the exact yeah. same plot as Orphan. Well, it's crazy that the appeal of Orphan is the twist, and then this right. movie is like explaining to you the twist as its plot. That's kind of like Saw. No. (laughs) You watch Saw for the plot, obviously, but you watch Saw for more than just the plot. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the appeal of Orphan was it's fun. So if this is fun, I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, if I knew what was going to happen in Orphan before I watched it, I don't think I would. It would have changed my experience at all. And I did know what was going to happen besides the her coming on to Sarsgaard or whatever. It's so crazy. That's a crazy crazy movie. Um, spin me round. This okay. looks fun. Fine. Is this like cha-cha real smooth? Why do I know this movie again? Let me Google it really quick. There's spin a lion. 
Um, Stanley Danger is the. Oh, uh, right. This is with Alison Brie and Aubrey Plaza and such. Uh, Um, Flown to an Italian immersion program on her company's dime. What? What starts as a romantic getaway devolves into chaos. What? I don't know. Um, next up and last one. <laughs> we're, like, we're just like, pew, here's half of. You might get an inkling of what's going on in this movie, and then. Pew, yeah, and then this on? one's really going to leave us on another note here. Okay. Um, the territory coming to theaters. When a network of Brazilian farmers seizes a protected area of the Amazon rainforest, a young indigenous leader and his mentor must fight back in defense of the land and an uncontacted, uncontacted group living deep within the forest. Carly, thank you so much for doing this because I actually <laughs> sincerely love the upcoming movie section. I would love to read some descriptions next time. Okay, you can have them. Can um, I still make it so that you can discover it as you read? No, I don't like hearing you read them. I would just like uh, to get it. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, okay. Um, which of these sounds the most interesting to you that you've read today? Uh, the one with the room. Yes. Yeah. The way you describe that makes me think it's not going to be good, but it's a good It's going to be bad, but fun, I think. It's going to be a less French one where she's in the coffin thing. The, like, oh, yeah, sure. coffin. Okay, cool. Uh, is there anyone in this? Oh! Chris Pratt. A lady from Twilight's in it. Kastu? No. Anna and Emile Hirsch, who I always think is Daniel Bruhl. Daniel Bruhl is a fake person. No? No, that's Steve oh, Bruhl. Yeah, Daniel Bruhl. Isn't Daniel Bruhl the German actor? Steve Bruhl is, uh, he hosts a, <laughs> a news program. Yeah. And he tries the sushi. Yeah. Emmett Walsh. Okay, you're just naming people. He's you're just old. questioning the names of people. You want to see an old-looking guy look at No! That's <laughs> true. M- Emmett Walsh. You? He's old. He's got I'm not cool looking suit. at old people. Leave me alone. Okay. I'm into like young, <laughs> depressed people, dude. Rooney. Rooney. <laughs> I checked my phone. I typed into Google Rooney book. <laughs> I looked at the screen. I was sad. Sad. Is it our place to look at Rooney book <laughs> on Google when world end? No. Hmm. 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 Mm. Sex scene, sex scene, sex scene, sex scene. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I was sad. 